0: This is Anshu Bahanda on Wellness Curated. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. My mission is to empower you with health and wellness so that you can then go and empower others. So the topic is food as medicine. And I have today a company called Food Hack, which is the first company that takes clinical research and food and brings it to life. And we're chatting with the founder, Sakshi Chhabra mitta She has a background in biotech. She's worked at Pfizer doing clinical trials. Then she went on to do an MBA, after which she joined SoftBank, and she was investing in health and food sciences there. And now she set up the Food Hack there is so much in this podcast listen to this
1: so let's try and replace things right so so we said free from dairy for those of us uh, who eat cottage cheese paneer you could replace that with tofu you know it has very good protein content it's a great source of plant protein
0: why food is medicine tell me your thinking behind starting food hack
1: i have a biotech background uh, most recently, I was investing in healthcare. You know, I've looked at many diseases and, you know, the sort of curative solutions around it. And for a lot of the diseases, actually for most of them, um, there was always a link between food. But I wouldn't necessarily hear the doctors uh, talk about food as curative medicine, right? Unless something very wrong happened. Okay. Plus, I have two kids. Uh, and during my first pregnancy, Uh, I developed a rare liver breakdown called obstetric cholestasis, which is very stressful for a new mom, because if you leave the baby in too long, it can cause stillbirth. And if you take the baby out too soon, you deal with premature related defects for a long time. Yeah, your, your liver function, you keep on doing these blood tests multiple times in a day. And your LFTs, liver function tests are like shooting through the roof. And it's just it, you know, it, it causes a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently it comes back with a vengeance the second time around. Like it comes back much, uh, earlier in the pregnancy. So the baby's even more premature. Um, and it's a lot harder to control. Yeah. Like after my first pregnancy is, is when I kind of went into the clinical science of, you know, O.C. and pregnancy and what, you know, woman's body. And I actually, then discover a lot of critical data on food, you know, that shows that food can be your medicine. It can help you avoid diseases, prevent diseases, reverse diseases. But the, I could never order anything on delivery with the principles <laughs> that I had come up with when I was trying to change food. So I realized the food that we are surrounded by is wrong. And um, yeah, and I just thought that, you know, it's basically leading people into one direction, which is that of chronic diseases without us having any control over this. So, yeah, so I changed my food. And during the second pregnancy, uh, OC never came back. Doctors kept on doing the tests. The only difference between the two pregnancies were I was following these five or six principles. And I was on this anti-inflammatory diet and basically managed to avoid uh, obstetric cholestasis.
0: That's magnificent. I mean, that is incredible. Tell me a bit about the clinical research that you talk about that you're doing at hack.
1: You know, I realized that uh, I was the bottleneck. I had to read clinical research. And uh, there's a lot of, there's about 30,000 papers that come out every year. Um, Mm -hmm. And not all of them are good and solid research. You know, they're funded by public versus private. Sometimes it's a very small group of people. And so I had to kind of sit there, sift through this research and then kind of create these recipes. And it was, you know, going to be a very difficult task for me to scale. Okay. I hired... Uh, a bunch of engineers who would uh, by using natural language processing and machine learning they would look at all this clinical research you know clean it up rank it understand ingredient disease links we have a lot of medical doctors that we work with and we ask them to kind of you know rate the score on these papers to cross-validate and keep improving this technology engine and then you take those ingredients and you go to your chefs and you create all kinds of cuisines around it right And then you, you know, take that dish because that dish could have medicinal properties, but it could be very high in fats, you know. So it goes back into another software, you know, which helps us understand maybe let's reduce the coconut milk by 30%, 20%. And so at the end of it, you end up getting a personalized dish, which Mm -hmm. could be disease targeted or does not have to be disease targeted, but it has superfoods that have medicinal properties. It's delicious. It's like a Thai, your favorite Thai green curry or something. Um, And and our belief is that if you consistently eat like this Mm -hmm. a few times a week, but you show consistency in doing that for someone like me, luckily I don't suffer from any medical illnesses. Mm. For me, I know I can avoid that cardiovascular disease that's waiting around the corner for me 10 years later.
0: So tell me based on your scientific research, what are the three most important findings that you've implemented at food hack?
1: I think the first one was consistency. Right. Uh, and I know this is like a very obvious one, um, but, you know, just like you pop a pill and you don't expect the next day your cholesterol to come down, just like you exercise one day and you don't get your six pack the next day. It requires consistency. Similarly, if you want to experience the effects of, you know, food, you have to be consistent at it. And consistency doesn't mean 24-7, right? You, you can decide. It could be three days, four days, five days of the week you commit to eating a certain way with certain principles right and the other two days you you know life is a balance so i i think consistency which is why we we've launched as a subscription model which is once you've decided how much you want to give to this food every week you should stick to it you can change the foods you want but that's why it's a subscription i think the second big learning was uh, inflammation is a root cause of 90 percent of all diseases literally. And, uh, you know, lots of things can cause inflammation, but a big factor is food, right? So one should be eating in an anti-inflammatory way, right? Which is why we are built on those principles where we avoid using any foods that have, you know, inflammatory properties. And we end up doing a lot of ingredient swaps to make the dish anti-inflammatory. I think the last big learning for me uh, was, was sugars. And I think everybody kind of knows about it, but that really plays with your organs a lot you know uh, your pancreas it keeps like the more kind of uh, you know sugar you have the glycemic response in your body your pancreas are in an overdrive and organs constantly working in overdrive is where they stop working properly and that's when you develop these chronic lifelong diseases right so uh, avoiding refined sugars um you know, we saw was a, was a big link. I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff, but yeah, I would say these are the three big learnings.
0: So then t- give us some guiding principles on what food and food types would you say are the healthiest? Like you said, sugar is a big no-no. Yeah, What would you say are things that people should try and stick to?
1: A, a big inflammatory marker is dairy. I would think it's probably the biggest inflammatory marker. So avoid dairy. You know, these days you have amazing alternatives. If You have the time and you're fortunate enough if you can make your own kind of nut milks at home. I think there's nothing like it. Be wary of some of the market non-dairy milks because a lot of them are made up of sugar and canola oil. Mm -hmm. Reduce or avoid your meat intake a lot. There is a very strong correlation we are seeing in the studies with uh, meat and cancer like meat when it's cooked and this is not just red meat, red meat for sure. Like my thesis is like what the cigarette industry went through in the 19 whatever it was, 90s or 80s. Right, Right. Where they were saying whatever they wanted to in their advertising and suddenly the government stepped in and said no no like cigarettes used to advertise saying we help you with weight loss. So suddenly everybody is yeah that was their advertising because it's appetite suppressant. And the government stepped in saying no, start adding pictures of lungs and showing people the bad impact it can have on your body. I think processed red meat will be, this is my thesis, this is my hunch, will go through something similar because processed red meat has super high correlations, almost causations uh, with cancer. And I think generally eating meat has also shown uh, these kind of correlations. So I would say reduce that, You know, avoid it wherever possible, introduce 30 plants you know the, the guiding principle should always be in a week introduce 30 plants try and eat 30 plants and then within plants actually there are certain uh families of vegetables that are very good for you and there are certain that can be inflammatory like in that for example we don't use any eggplant or mm. uh they're they're almost toxic you know i know they're delicious but try and avoid that you know tomatoes potatoes nightshades you know these can these can be inflammatory or they can have digestive issues like cauliflower can cause bloating you know even look at the beans that you're eating the you know the kind of larger the bean the more you know bloaty inflammatory it is so just be mindful of even the plant based food, plant based food which ones you want to double down on and which one you want to avoid like i would double down on your family of courgettes butternut squash We've got bottle gourd in India. Bitter gourd is amazing for diabetics. Carrots, you know, like I would like, you know, have more of the courgettes and the carrots and the spinach and the squashes and have less of the nightshades.
0: This is Anshu Pahanda. You can find our podcast Wellness Curated on Apple, Spotify and a host of other channels. And I know your food has helped you. And that's what encouraged you to start Food Hack. Can you give me an example of when your food has helped someone else?
1: Actually, recently, we got introduced to this uh, really lovely human being. She's actually now a friend. Her name is Farina Wazir. She's she's an actress. She's a Bollywood actress. But a couple of years ago, she developed a form of an autoimmune disease, uh, which causes mast cell activation. And as a result, like it, it shows up on her skin, like her skin becomes very red, inflamed, swollen and, you know, acting is a career, her face is her career, right? So her career's kind of been on a bit of a, you know, halt over the last couple of years and she's been seeing lots and lots of doctors and they've put her on really strong steroids and nobody wants to be on She's young, you know, mm. she's got all this, all this energy. She's got this like positive attitude towards life and she's beautiful, like last thing you want to do is be on these really strong steroids we obviously understood you know all that was going on we had our medical professionals involved as well and so we put her on this uh, very strict two week detox mm-hmm. and it was broken up into two parts the first detox first part was four days of nothing but khichri every day khichri is made up of red lentil moong beans rice turmeric garlic ginger fennel seeds you know, just keep it very simple bit of salt right and and one vegetable was added to it you know and this was even though it's not technically a mono diet but it is very similar to a mono diet right yes in ayurveda they consider it a
0: mono food so to say yes
1: yeah exactly so we put her on that uh, for for four days so you know uh day two she obviously felt a little you know low in energy right because it's a shock to your system no tea no coffee Right? Day three, she felt her energy levels were back. She was waking up at like 5.30, doing her yoga. More importantly, by day three, her skin had gone back to normal. Like what it was two years ago. And when she uses steroids, it takes her about 10 days. Like I didn't expect the effect to be this powerful, but it shows to you how powerful food is as a medicine when, you know, taken appropriately in the right amounts in a well-educated way compared to drugs. I mean, I've seen... Response
0: to things, but day three sounds absolutely amazing, actually.
1: And then we introduced. uh then for two days we, you know it was a weekend so we introduced a few other foods from food hack like a brownie soup so something different from a khichdi uh, and then Monday again she was back on that Monday to Friday a diet. I
0: mean you you had said that sugar is really really bad for you how do you work the sugar and how do you work with the glycemic index there?
1: Yeah so that's a good good point I mean we don't use any refined sugars you know we use uh, more plant-based uh, natural sugars but these are not for your uh, every day, but these are to replace those times when you feel indulgent, when you feel like having a brownie. I'd rather you have this brownie because it has no white flour. You know, it's made up of millet flour. Millets have actually shown to help with diabetes. Wow. It's got very clean ingredients. It's still low cal. Uh, when you eat it, you know, it, it, it feels like the real thing. So your, your craving is gone, right? And you don't go for that, you know, sugar, sort of white flour based. Market brownie. So these are kind of more indulgences. Yeah, so we sent her these things because she has a sweet tooth, you know, and after four days, she had done so well. You know, the doctors thought that, you know, let's start introducing other things into her diet and then put her back on khichri again just to make sure her gut was completely cleansed. So that was the whole point of a khichri is... You know, any parasites in your Mm -hmm. stomach, a very, very strong gut cleanse, right? Because that is what's linked with autoimmune and mass cell activation. The result was, you know, obviously the the attack had been reversed, you know, very, very quickly. It was under control. But I think she had sort of learned uh, this 80-20 or this 90-10 rule in life.
0: Okay. Right,
1: But she told me that it's all under control because I know how to eat like 90% of the time. And the 10% when I go out. I don't want to deprive myself when all my friends are eating and drinking. And so, you know, that's the kind of uh, balance she's found.
0: That's a great story. But tell me, is it meant to replace the food that you cook at home?
1: It just depends, right? So like you eat three times a day, seven days in a week, 365 days in a year. You're going to cook a few times, but you do get tired, right? You do want a bit of a change. You feel a bit lazy. Life got in the way. So our premise is built on the fact that that after eating it, you know, it's still that complicated mapu tofu, which... I mean, let's be honest, who can make maku Tofu at home? Like, you know, but it's still that maku Tofu, but it's vegan and it's got like, you know, superfood like ginseng. It's working on your energy and well-being. And so it's supposed to help. It's supposed to supplement you with your cooking. You know, it's supposed to replace the unhealthy takeouts. Those people who don't cook, like there are different demographics of people, right? I feel like the younger generation now are so focused on the planet and their health. And they're not really cook friendly because they've all got like these two gigs, you know. They've got a full time job, and they've got a side hustle, and they're a social life, and they earn well, you know, working in tech companies or whatever. That for them, you know, this is a perfect solution. They don't have to go grocery shop um it's priced at market it's not like we didn't want to make it a premium product we want the masses to, to be able to aspire to it access it be able to afford it so it just depends in which demographic you fall under you know a lot of our families like mothers you know want their kids to eat veggies a big problem that customers have in the market is it's very difficult to find vegan vegetarian plant based food that have lots of veggies like we have every dish has like five vegetables
0: And is it as healthy as home food?
1: It's healthier than home food. You know, these are data-driven recipes, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we want them to be low-cal, we want them to be anti-inflammatory, low glycemic index, free from gluten, free from refined sugars, free from dairy, right? Very difficult to get all these six characteristics in a home-cooked meal, um, right. you'll be surprised uh, like even like we're Indian you make like a vegetable Indian style you'll be surprised at how many calories there are in that vegetable and what is the nutrient content of those you know of that dish because right. sometimes you end up overcooking it the more you cook the food the more nutrition you lose right the vitamins the small molecules evaporate away so I would say these are definitely healthier than restaurant, than home cooking. Sakshi,
0: in this chat, we always try and give people some tools and techniques that they can take back. You know, we have a global audience. I know you're currently only in the UK. Can you give us some tools and techniques that people can take back to so that they can lead healthier lives?
1: So let's try and replace things, right? So so we said free from dairy, right? For those of us uh, who eat cottage cheese, paneer, you could replace that with tofu. You know, it has very good protein content. Uh, it's a great source of plant protein. I think this whole soy estrogen link that has been very controversial. I would just take that with a pinch of salt. That's an example, again, where very large companies, are built, they built these very large empires right, around you eating dairy and they funded these clinical trials. You know uh, so i would just take that with a, with a grain of salt so yeah let's talk about ingredient swaps if you like tomatoes and you like a mediterranean style thing let's swap them out with maybe cherry tomatoes you know tomatoes okay. are quite acidic okay um, so i
0: didn't know that cherry tomatoes are less acidic they're sweeter That's- they're better okay. than, than
1: than tomatoes i would swap out the potatoes for sweet potatoes i would avoid uh aubergines gluten right now gluten is a big one you won't find a lot of clinical studies showing that gluten has been associated with x y and z but if you speak to doctors who are highly experienced who spent their int- for example let's take pregnancy for example right so my doctor she's a you know very well known obstetrician she spent her entire life and she's you know in her 7 like sixties, 70s now she spent her entire life giving birth to kids you know uh, for patients and she tells you that uh, there is a big difference between the uterus uh, lining of women who eat gluten and who don't mm-hmm. eat gluten. The walls are a lot softer when you're gluten free, so it makes it a lot easier for the baby to come out. I would, I would avoid gluten. It's a protein that we don't necessarily um, digest very well and it can cause a lot of issues. Yeah, how can you avoid gluten? Rice flour, buckwheat, Millet Gram flour There's there's so many different ways Right So but yeah I I would If you're buying Bread Just buy the gluten free Rather than the normal Just be a little bit more Proactive about it Sugar free Like I would avoid uh, You know Walking into bakeries And trying to find something to eat Just give it up Like There's no point Get your coffee And go somewhere healthier To pick up A snack With the coffee The meat part I would repeat Like You know Just try and make a conscious effort To To reduce that because there is a lot of research that's linking meats with you know issues with the kidney with cancer what is your view on the meat substitutes i think they're highly processed they have very high levels of sodium and i would not uh, necessarily think of them as healthy if you want burgers make them out of vegetables very easy to do with mushrooms very easy to do with soy And then you can add a bunch of grated veg, bind it with, you know, gram flour, rice flour, you know, whatever it is. I wouldn't go for the meat substitutes. Rather go for the real stuff than the, it's highly processed. A lot of us would want
0: to know any weight loss tips.
1: Weight loss tips, I think soups work really well. Soups are very low-cal. At least our soups are very low-cal. They come in a big bag of 600 grams. A cup size is about 300 grams. And, you know, it just also reduces, if you have it in a cup, for me it psychologically also reduces the need to have tea and coffee because you're sipping through it especially in winters you can have two of those cups and it will just be like 100 something calories uh, i think soups are great for that especially at night have an early dinner i think intermittent fasting is really good and there's actually research showing that uh, you know intermittent fasting really helps with autophagy which is you know linked with longevity how do you live longer um, so if you can do a 16 8 fast like so skip breakfast in the morning you know, try and push your lunch to as later as you can. You know, Ayurveda says you should only really be eating this much, right? So you find that after fasting, you're not able to eat that much anyway. So that's a good way of kind of keeping your stomach, you know, not expanded. Sakshi, that was such an amazing chat.
0: Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the Wellness Curated podcast. Please subscribe and tell your friends and family about it and here's to you leading your best life.